This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', gallopin' good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse source, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So get ready to start horsing around with your host, horse expert and award-winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey. Welcome to Horsing Around on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. This week, we're going to talk about something a lot of horse people know of, but don't know a whole lot about, lunging. Lunging isn't just a way to get the bucks out of your horse before you ride them. It's a valuable tool to help you learn to develop an independent seat which is crucial to being secure in the saddle. Today we're going to talk to riding instructor Emily Esterson, the author of a new book called The Adult Lunging Guide. Emily will tell us how lunging exercises can turn you from an insecure rider who worries about falling off every time your horse spooks to one who can sit just about anything your horse can throw at you. We'll talk to Emily right after these messages. Why the long face? I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and we are here with author Emily Esterson, whose new book, The Adult Lunging Guide, provides riders and instructors with exercises on the lunge line. Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, Audrey. How are you? Good. How is everything in beautiful Albuquerque, New Mexico? Uh, it's nice. It's a little windy today. Okay. Well, we get that out here in Southern California, too, so not a day to ride. Right. <laughs> um, first off, tell me why you decided to write this book. Well, it's a little bit of a personal story. You know, I've been a rider since I was about seven or eight years old, and I learned to ride much the same way that lots of other American kids learn how to ride. They throw themselves on a pony and they careen around somebody's pasture and they develop a certain amount of confidence on horseback, but they don't necessarily develop the equitation skills and the 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 good seats that you see um, in some of our European colleagues. And as I, you know, a few years ago, I bought a, a nice dressage horse, and as I started to try to train him up the levels, I realized that he was quite talented and could do the work, but what was holding him back was that I was really quite, um, I had some very bad riding habits that I needed to break. 
And so a friend and I uh, were talking about this one day, and she said, you know, we should really just lunge each other because I have some of these same issues. And so she came over, and lucky for me, I have a um, really great horse who is very quiet on the lunge line, very well-trained, voice-trained. And um, we got together, and she and I had these weekly lunging sessions, and they really, really helped both of us. And at the time, I thought, wow, if some... If some of the riders that I work with and, and teach uh, could spend, you know, six months working on the lunge line or at least every other week just, you know, 15 to 20 minutes working on the lunge line, their riding would improve so much and their confidence would improve so much. And I started to work with a couple of my students and on the lunge line and they all made incredible improvement. And we just sort of made it up as we went along and some of the exercises you know, are are classical, and some we just sort of made up, and some we borrowed from Pilates, and some we borrowed from yoga. So that's how that's how the whole thing started. Okay. So why why is it that lunging, as opposed to riding, helps you as it become uh, a better rider? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is that when you have somebody on the end of a lunge line, you can drop your reins, and you can drop your stirrups, and you can use your hands and your arms to balance. Um, independently, you can do things like put one hand on the cantle of the saddle and one hand on the pommel to give yourself the feeling of correct balance. You can build muscle memory. And one of the major issues that you see with riders of almost all levels is they tend to really rely on their hands and their reins to ask the horse to do something, whether it's go on the bit and dressage or you know, develop a headset in Western or, um, you know, steer a horse towards a jump if you happen to be a jumper. And actually, none of these aids with the reins are necessary. You can do all of that with your seat and your weight and your balance. And lunging really helps you develop that feeling because you can do everything pretty much that you do off the lunge line, on the lunge line, and you can practice it without reins. And so you can develop the use of your seat and your balance without really using your hands at all. And that's the good thing. And you can also practice without stirrups and do all kinds of different things. Somebody else is in control. You're completely focused on yourself. You're not worrying about what the horse is doing because the horse is just doing his thing with the person on the lunge line. And then you can have the person on the lunge line, if they have a good eye, Critique your position. Say, well, you're tilting a little far back. Scoop under with your pelvis. Lift your left shoulder. And, you know, this can be very, very helpful. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Many people think of lunging as something you do just to exercise your horse. Well, no. I mean, you know, a lot of people, I have a personal philosophy about lunging um, that, you know, people who use lunging just to to uh, get the bucks out of your horse and and, you know, they say, oh, well, he's hot, he hasn't been ridden for a few days, you know, let's chase him around on the lunge line. That actually teaches your horse to buck on the lunge line. So, you know, to, it, you can actually find a nice, safe horse. You can use lunging to exercise your horse. You can certainly use it to, to, uh, to let him, you know, let him get some energy out before you get on him. But that shouldn't be the sole purpose of lunging. It should also be for helping the rider develop. It should be a training tool for the horse. And you shouldn't do it too much because, you know, ultimately going around on a small circle isn't that great for a certain horse's joints. So you have to be a little judicious in how you actually use lunging. 
What are some of the other myths that people have about lunging? Well, that it's boring, which, um, you know, it doesn't have to be boring. Uh, it's not just trotting around on the circle. And, you know, when we lunge each other here at home, we ha- we have a really good time. We try to make you, make ourselves do contortions, and we stretch, and we sing, and we you know, actually talk at some point, you know, this is, this is kind of a funny story. Uh, You know, I, I was at some point you can focus too much on your position and you kind of lose that, that organic feeling of riding that you're supposed to get when you sort of advance and, and feel real confident. And, um, I was getting to that point and I was pinching with my knees and I was so focused on turning my legs towards this, turning my toes to the inside and so focused on keeping my back straight that I became very stiff and uh, my friend who was lunging me just started to talk to me about something. We were just sort of gossiping, and I'm trotting around without my stirrups and gossiping, and we're just talking, and pretty soon my position just got better and better because I kind of stopped thinking about it. And so you can, ha- you can do all kinds of different things on the lunge. You don't have to just trot around in a circle. You can, you know, raise your arms. You can do series of exercises by counting strides. You can do, you know, arms up, arms out, arms down, one, two, three, four in, in the series. So you can do all kinds of things like that. So it doesn't have to be boring. And it's certainly not just for beginners, which is another myth. You know, some people say, well, it's lunging, lunging for the riders, just, just for beginner riders. Well, years ago I worked for, um, some FEI dressage riders as a groom and the two of them lunged each other every Friday morning without fail. Um, no matter what the weather, they were out there lunging for 20 minutes each on their horse, their good lunging horse. And that was because they were both really working on their positions and they knew they would not get to Grand Prix unless they had absolutely flawless positions. So, and these were some advanced riders. And in Europe, you often find, uh, lunge, you know, lunging going on at all levels. So it's not just for beginners. Another myth that you reference in your book is that you can't learn to jump on the lunge line. Tell me about that. Well, this is actually a really fun exercise that I love to do with um, with some kids. You know, kids are always in a big hurry. You know, bold kids are always in a big hurry to jump. And when can we jump? When can we canter? You know, and this is a really fun thing to do with adults as well because it really builds confidence. If you have um, some little jumping blocks, uh, like those plastic jumping blocks, or um, even short standards, and you're pretty good at navigating the lunge line, and you have a horse that's, you know, solid citizen, you can build a little cross rail um, with your little mini jump thing, and you can actually lunge over the jump. And this is a great way to build a, a strong jumping position. It's a great way to break up your routine. It's a great way to build the the right muscle memory in your legs so that when you are actually jumping something a little bit bigger on your own, you know, you already have that. And even if you don't want to ever jump, it's still a great feeling to learn how to do it because, you know, you could be out on the trail and there's a log, um, you know, and everyone's cantering down the trail and all of a sudden you have to jump this log. And, you know, so all, you know, so because you've done this work on the lunge line, you already have your position. You understand what's going to happen. You're not going to land on the horse's mouth, you know, which is the worst thing you can really do when you're jumping is fall back and get left behind and yank on the horse's mouth. So um, I really like to do that. And, you know, there's a, there's a, a jumping exercise that uh, we did many, many, many times um, that you can modify for the lunge line, which involves building 
um, a jump on each side of the circle. And this can really help uh, jumping riders develop a sense of pacing when they're working around um, in a circle. So you can jump the first jump, and then the, the, lunge, the lunger is actually relatively passive, while the rider then regulates the pace of the horse with only their seat, which is an incredibly wonderful feeling when you can really sense that, you know, the horse is waiting because your seat is saying wait, and or the horse is taking a bigger stride because your seat is asking for a little bit of more, a little bit bigger stride to get to the jump at the right distance. So it can really help people who are just learning to jump develop a better eye and not mm-hmm. worry about the reins. Right. And, you know, Western riders tend to think of lunging as, you know, that's something that English people do. But in your book, you say that Western riders should use the lunge line. And for many of the same reasons, you know, depending on what your um, your chosen discipline within Western riding is, you know, whether you're just a trail rider, you know, you can be out on the trail and uh, your horse might startle at something or, you know, there might be a, a spook or he might scoot forward. And because you have developed a much stronger seat, you're not going to be so dependent on, you know, grabbing the horn or or, you know, using some other tactic, but your seat's going to be a lot more with your horse and you're going to be able to follow his movement and regain control a lot quicker. It's also great for, you know, when you're out on the trail, going up and down hills, um, just feeling, remembering to feel that balance in your seat no matter where you are and what you're doing. The same is true, you know, for for cutters and rainers and anyone who's, who are, you know, who might be experimenting with the ranching disciplines, they, you always have that same issue, which is, can I remain with my horse no matter what happens? And that's what lunging on, you know, that's what lunging a human being on the lunge line is all about, you know, is, is can I stay with my horse no matter what? So, um, so Western English, it doesn't matter. Well, I would think that this would really build your confidence, especially if you're a timid rider, um, somebody who's a little worried when you, especially when you go out on trail, that if your horse spooks, you're coming off. This has got to do wonders for your confidence. I think that that is the number one benefit of lunging for most of the population, is building the confidence that you can stay with your horse no matter what. And building, you know, sort of taking away, using this technique to take away any kind of fear that a rider may have. Some people, you know, for some reason have a fear of cantering. And this, you know, if you do a bunch of walk, trot, canter exercises on the lunge and you just go back and forth and back and forth between trot and canter, suddenly it's not a big deal anymore. So... You know, you can canter in the arena, and then if you're out on the trail, you canter in the, out on the trail, and it's not a big deal because you've done it on the lunge, and you've done it without reins, and maybe even without stirrups. So, you know, whatever you're going to encounter is going to feel a lot less scary if you have the opportunity to practice with, you know, with a kind partner who, who's saying, you know, close your eyes, relax, enjoy the rocking motion of the canter. That's that's one area where I've seen lunging really help people kind of overcome confidence issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just just your basic learning to, you know, to relax and enjoy your horse. And one way you can do that is by really building up your own skill level 
in the saddle and learning how to sit just about any different way that you can possibly imagine sitting. Now, my own experience working on the lunge line, which has not been a lot, but uh, initially there, I had some fear of letting go of control. Uh, basically, you're turning over the control of the horse to someone who's on the ground. And if you're for years have been used to being the one who's in control when you're up there, or at least pretending to be in control, um, it can be a little scary at first. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, and there's ways to deal with that. In the book, we, we go very slowly, starting at the standstill, where we just practice sitting there with your eyes closed and organizing your um, your body with your eyes closed and, and building some muscle memory about what a straight body feels like. And then sometimes we have the riders gradually let go, like they might be holding on to a bucking strap or, or the horn if you're in a western saddle with both hands. And and then you gradually ask the rider to, to let go with one hand and then let go with the other hand. And we do all of this very slowly at the walk. And then once they're confident at the walk, we do it at the trot. And that's really important not to push past because that is a big deal for riders is that feeling of control. I mean, it is scary. You're on a 1,200-pound horse, and, you know, it is a being with a mind of its own. That's why it's very important that you have a great lunging horse, too, um, one that's mm-hmm. like a super solid citizen that's not going to jump around, that's not going to do anything, that's well-voice-trained, even if it's not your regular horse. The whole point of, of lunging is to get that confidence in your body so that you can relax, and letting go of control is one of the biggest issues with lunging. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just work very slowly on that, and eventually the rider will hopefully have confidence in the lunger, and the lunger will have, you know, a, a good command of the lunge line, a good command of the horse, and after, you know, a few sessions, hopefully that letting go of control thing will gradually dissipate. It has to be done very slowly and very carefully if that's an issue with the rider. Right. Okay, well, we're going to take a little break right now, and when we come back, we're going to talk about exactly how lunging helps the rider develop an independent seat. We'll be right back. Why the long face? (laughs) I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. (laughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. 
Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and we are here with author Emily Esterson, who's a riding instructor who wrote a new book called The Adult Lunging Guide, which provides riders and instructors with exercises on the lunge line. Emily, tell me a little bit about the exercises in your book and how they help you develop an independent seat. Well, um, we've organized, I've organized the book in such a way that we work on different parts of the body and we gradually add complexity to the exercises. Now, you can organize these exercises in whatever way feels most natural to you and the rider. Um, you know, for example, if you're working on a particular issue, for me, it's a drooping left shoulder. Um, that's the result of a riding accident that is very hard for me to sit straight on a horse. And so that's something that I work on specifically. But the the exercises are pretty basic, and they start off with things like, for example, holding your arms out to the side, which gives you the feeling of centering right over the center of the horse and through the center of your body, which is actually the, you know, if you put your hand on your Put your thumb and your belly button and your hand below below your belly button. That's sort of the, the center, as we call it in riding. So we do a lot of work on centering and balance. And so we will, you know, we'll do something like put the arms out to the side, put your arms up high in the sky, put your arm, one arm behind you and one, one arm in front of you, point to the ears and the tail. And we do this all these different exercises and we combine them and working specifically on the upper body helps to lengthen the upper body and strengthen the midsection as well as allow the rider to sort of lengthen their lower body. So you have this oppositional lengthening going on where you're, you're lengthening both up and down at the same time, which gives you a real feeling of center and balance on the horse. And so we'll do these exercises individually and then we kind of, we combine them in series so that then you can practice doing a bunch of different things while retaining that same feeling of balance. And we always return, just like in, in yoga, in like in many yoga classes, you always return to that sort of centered, balanced seat, which is your hands in rain position, your legs long, and, and gently hugging the horse aside. So we always return to that in between each exercise to sort of rebalance. And that, that builds this sense of, of centering. It also builds the rider's confidence that they don't have to hold on. And a lot of times we'll do the exercise with just one arm and then the other arm, and then we'll do both arms and maybe just both arms for one or two strides before we go back to holding on again. So we gradually build this sense that you don't need to hold on. You don't need to hold on to the reins. You don't need to hold on to the saddle. You're lengthening and you're strengthening your seat. And then mm-hmm. we'll gradually add legs um, at all the different gates. And so there'll be certain exercises. For example, one of my favorites is called the, we call it the leg fluff. And basically what that is, is you take both legs away from the saddle, um, from the hip. So you can really stretch those hip flexors, which is, are so important in riding, is having those open and soft hip flexors to help absorb the motion of the horse, which will help you sit better and make your seat independent. But a lot of people, especially today when we spend, you know, I don't know about you, Audrey, but in my life I probably spend nine hours a day sitting in front of a computer and two hours yes, on a horse. <laughs> I have the same problem. <laughs> and so, you know, we all have these these tight hip flexors from sitting at a desk all day long. And 
and it really can inhibit our riding. So we do quite a bit of work with the hip flexors. And if you have high, tight hip flexors, it's very hard to get your pelvis underneath yourself and to be straight in the saddle. So we work a lot on those. And then we kind of put it together, and we even do some fun things like, you know, sitting, um, taking both legs and both arms away from the saddle at the same time so you're just balanced on your seat bones. And, you know, we do this exercise called the frog where you bring your knees up to your chest and you just balance on your seat bone. We lay on the back of the horse so you can really clue into with your head on the horse's but on the horse's croup, you can really sort of clue into the horse's hindquarters motion, which is another way to kind of reconnect with the horse. So all kinds of different ways where we're actually building the sensibility into the seat that you need to be a good rider. Now, hearing you talk about all this stuff you're doing on your horse brings me to the next question is, you must need a really special horse to do this, you know, how specially trained does your horse have to be? I mean, can, can anybody just do this with their horse if the horse knows how to go on a lunge line, or do we need to really do some serious training first? Well, the thing about it is, you know, I know that my old horse, my old event horse, is really safe, and he is voice trained. He's been lunged a ton of different times and, you know, continues to be a good, solid citizen on the lunge. If you want to try to, first of all, use your own horse as a lunging horse, you should take him out and, you know, first of all, make sure that he's voice trained and lunge line trained so that when you say walk, he walks. When you say trot, he trots. When you say canter, he canters. Um, Very basic lunge line. And he should not buck off into the canter. He should not zing off into the trot. He should have a nice, solid rhythm. When you say whoa, you should whoa. So, you know, the basics of lunging, he should know those things. Secondarily, he should be a pretty good horse when it comes to having a rider do all kinds of different things on him. And so the way you would test that is, okay, you've you've gone out and you've tested him on the lunge and you know he's a good lunge horse and he doesn't fly around and he just trots in a circle. Then you find yourself a good rider someone you know can handle just about anything and you do a little test and so you put the rider on there and you start out you do not wrap the reins in this case you keep the reins free and you know let the rider have the reins and you start out by just going walk talk canner on the lunge and have her keep very light contact to make sure that the horse is fine at the walk talk canner and then you can do some other things and very slowly at the walk you can have this rider put her arms over her heads and out to the side and kind of wiggle around and move. And, and if the horse doesn't do anything at that point, then you take it up a notch to the trot, do it at the trot, then do it at the canter. And once your horse has proven with a very good rider that he's you know going to be fine, you know, go ahead and, and use him as a lunch horse. If he shows that he's going to spook when the rider puts turns around and puts a hand on his tail... Or that, you know, when she accidentally gets unbalanced, the horse is going to suddenly turn to the center. Um, It's just not a good match. And, you know, I have that at my house. I have my dressage horse who's actually, a, you know, he's not that great on the lunge. He's not an easy horse to ride on the lunge line. He'll do in a pinch. He doesn't do anything bad. But he's somewhat lazy, and he doesn't really go forward, and it makes it a lot more difficult for the rider to be lunged on a horse like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he has to have a good balance of 
of um, being quiet but responsive. Now, how should the horse be fitted? Uh, just saddle, bridle, um, do you recommend, you know, uh, side reins or anything like that? Um, yeah, I do. You know, uh, the normal saddle that fits, um, if you're in an English saddle, I recommend a little bucking strap, which is, you know, a, a little, like, six-inch piece of leather with a buckle on each end that you attach to the D-rings, and that is so that the rider doesn't have to have the reins, doesn't have to have anything to balance except that bucking strap. Um, I recommend, you know, the horse's regular bridle and definitely a very light bit like a snaffle. It should, a horse should never be lunged in a curb-type bit. It should always be a snaffle-type bit. The lunge line should be the, the longest possible lunge line you can find. That, that way you can reel the horse out and you can reel the horse back in depending on what you're working on. You want to have a lunge whip. doesn't have to be a terribly long one because you're actually not going to ever use it to touch the horse. You're just going to use it to encourage the horse. Side reins are somewhat optional. When the horse is in properly adjusted side reins, he stretches over his back, and it makes it a lot easier for a rider to sit an uncomfortable horse if he's stretching over the top of his back and his muscles are relaxed. And if he's properly adjusted in the side reins where he has some light contact on the bit and he's stretching down and somewhat forward and long, he's going to have a lighter back. His back muscles are going to be more relaxed, which is going to make the gait easier, especially at the trot. So that's why we recommend side reins. They recommend lunging in some kind of horse boots, um, protective horse boots, and uh, supportive because, again, it's a little bit tough on the joints. And apart from that, definitely a helmet for the rider's uh, perspective and uh, boots, good boots, the regular riding attire. You don't want anything that's going to be constrictive or uncomfortable. So you want, you know, if you are riding your lunging in jeans or chaps, you want those to, to fit in a way that you can actually move your legs. Um, I know that the, the newer chaps are a lot more flexible. I have a pair of old chaps, and my legs are so stiff in those things, I can't lunge in them at all. Um, so I recommend, you know, at least stretchy jeans and, and good boots, and you want to be comfortable and able to move. So those are the basics. There's many different ways to to lunge off the bridle, off the halter, and everybody's going to give you a different uh, theory, but we use the the German Federation and the U.S. Pony Club guidelines in the book mm-hmm. for that. Okay. So when if you're working with an instructor, uh, obviously you would go to them and ask them to do some of these exercises with you. But if you don't have an instructor, how do you know who is a good person to be holding the end of that lunch line? Well, it should be somebody that you have a good relationship with and that you trust, and you trust their eye. That's that's the most important part. You have to be able to to get a feeling from them that they are watching you in a thoughtful way and that the critique that they're giving you is is thoughtful and correct. And it's always nice to be um, on the somewhat same level as your lunging partner so that you have a sense that you're working together as a team and that, you know, you're going to switch off, hopefully. You know, the idea would be to, to switch off and have that person ride while you lunge and then vice versa. And so you want someone who, who's going to be a good, who first of all, who knows how to lunge a horse, which, you know, you can certainly learn how to lunge a horse. It's nice if the person on the ground is a pretty confident lunger so that you can relax in the saddle. And 
you also want someone who uh, is going to give you friendly and helpful critique. And that's, that's a really, to me, that's the most important part of the whole equation is that you have someone on the ground who is going to say things to you that are useful and who's going to kind of guide you through the exercises and who's going to make it fun because otherwise it is boring. So you do have to make it fun. Right. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Um, thank you, Emily, for being my guest this week and sharing all your knowledge with us. It's been a pleasure. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. And I hope everyone is as inspired as I am to start working on the lunge line. If you have any questions or comments about horsing around, please email me at audrey at petliferadio.com. Until next time, happy trails. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio. Horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.